and welcome to Legal Voices, Meritas' official podcast channel where we bring to you industry-related legal updates. In our latest series, Mario Torres, lawyer at Meritas member firm Brazo Seller and co-chair of Meritas' Latin America and Caribbean Cannabis Law Group, interviews lawyers from around the world to learn more about how each jurisdiction is handling cannabis and marijuana legalization. Before I hand it off to Mario, and for those of you who are new to Meritas, Meritas is an established global alliance of closely connected yet independent law firms that each offer a full range of high-quality specialized legal services. We were built upon a rigorous system for monitoring and enhancing the quality of our member firms and have been connecting clients with carefully qualified business legal expertise in over 250 markets around the world since 1990. Welcome everybody to the fourth episode of Meritas's Cannabis World Tour. I'm Mario Torres from Brazo Seller Law in Ottawa, and today I'm speaking with our affiliate in Colombia, Pose Herrera Ruiz. We're speaking with partner at PHR, Jorge de los Rios, and associate Monica Bonnet, who is also the co-chair of the Meritas Cannabis Latin American Practice Group. Jorge's practice focuses on competition and regulatory law, and Monica specializes in intellectual property. Welcome, Jorge and Monica. Hello, everybody. I'm here today with Jorge de los Rios and Monica Bonnet from our affiliate in Colombia, Pose Herrera Ruiz. Jorge de los Rios is the partner and head of the cannabis practice group at Pose Herrera Ruiz, and Monica Bonnet is also a part of that group and a lawyer in the IP group as well. Welcome, Jorge. Welcome, Monica. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Mario. How are you doing? Thank you for inviting us. Hi, Mario. Hi, Jorge. Thank you very much for this nice opportunity to talk about cannabis in Colombia. Thanks, Monica. I also want to say that Monica is um, the co-chair. Monica and I are co-chairs of the Meritas Latin American Cannabis Practice Group, where we lead several initiatives to uh, stay on top of new new regulations and new legislation uh, in the region. So Monica and I have a couple of years are working together as well, and I'm really happy that she's joining me on this episode. Um, Jorge, I'll start, and Monica, you feel free to uh, provide some input or, or ask questions as well as we get going. Jorge, what's the current state of legalization of cannabis uh, in Colombia? Where Where are things today? Okay, after, I mean, I'm going a little bit back on 2016 when all the legal regimes started for the legalization of cannabis just for medical purposes. Uh, at that time, that was quite revolutionary, let's say somehow. And this triggered a lot of interest from investors in order to see a, a very prominent future industry where several significant investments took place. Today, we have to say that because of different obstacles, the industry has been advancing at a very low pace. We are now close to have a new degree that has the purpose of facilitating and removing some of of the obstacles that that the industry has. This has been a very controlled industry so far by different stakeholders. And all this has been creating a 
development that at the beginning we expected to have. No, all licenses and permits take too long, and not only that, but also there are a lot of contradictions among the different authorities, and and all these have produced a lot of uncertainty within investors. Uh, so just to be brief, we are still having a, a, a legal industry in Colombia. We're still having a lot of interest on developing this new industry. We see a big and huge potential of the industry in a country like Colombia, but we need the political will to create here a value-added industry that provides opportunities, not only internally, but also in terms of innovation and creating products that will benefit the community in general. And, and Jorge, just to uh, understand a bit, is medical cannabis legal in Colombia? Like, can, can patients access medical cannabis? Is uh, adult use cannabis, what's sometimes termed recreational, is that legal in Colombia? What's the status of, of those markets? So the legal regime only validates cannabis for medical purposes. Yeah? So there's no possibility of having uh, recreative per uses or industrial uses. However, that's the kind of discussion that we're having today. Our current situation in Colombia for creating medical products in Colombia, the limitations are too high. Of course, it's not impossible, but it requires a lot of investment and, and development. Our country is more a rural agricultural country. So here we have a big opportunity, not only on creating new jobs, but also on developing an agro-industrial industry for cannabis. And <clears throat> restricting this just for medical purposes will eventually uh, limit or restrict its development. So, and if we make also the comparison with other countries, neighboring countries, where they are discussing on the possibility of having cannabis for industrial purposes, those countries could be more attractive for investors. So part of the discussion that we're having right now is one, opening the scope on what kind of uses cannabis could be used for. And industrial per uses are definitely a big opportunity as well, because there are several studies that uh, has acknowledged the potential of using cannabis, the different parts of the plant for different industries, not only medical industries. Uh, just a clarification, just to add um, to Jorge's intervention, is that a few years ago in 2019, there was a legal act, it was legal act number two of 2009, which was allowing the use of cannabis just for medical purposes. That was like the initial initial step of the, our legislation that after in 2017, a decree 613 was issued with all the regulation for cannabis. 
The problem is that that degree didn't have other uses different from the medicinal, like Jorge said. But in the real, in the reality, day by day here in Colombia, there are some authorities like in Bima, which is the regulatory authority, which is allowing other kind of uses, like the one is cosmetics. Cosmetics are not medicines, are are cosmetics, you know. So there is like a problem in between there because. There is like a second use, which is the industrial one in which cosmetics are classified. So right now in the new decree that is coming up, uh, hopefully this this June, and modifying the decree 613, probably we will have a new use, which is the industrial use further to the medicinal one. But of course we will not have, and this is not in project even for the government in Colombia to have recreational use. Understood. And and so if, if I'm an, and I think I understand it, but currently now a licensed producer of cannabis in Colombia could produce the flower for medical use, but the, the stalks or other things that could be used for fibers or for other industrial uses, that's not permitted? Today, no. No. Today, no. And we are, we're trying to correct that through the decree that is coming that Monica just mentioned. Okay, um, so so let me ask you, Jorge, as well. How did Colombia get to, I guess, from 2009, which Monica mentioned, or or to 2016, where a a, a law was passed allowing for the the several licenses that that are available in Colombia? And maybe I guess let me back up. What licenses are available in Colombia, and how did that law come to be passed? Um, and yeah, a bit of okay. sort of context is that. I've seen and I've had several episodes where some places have legalized, it's a referendum, people straight vote on it, some government <laughs> has been elected with that mandate, some court intervention has caused legalization, so I'm a bit of uh, curious to know how Colombia came to find itself with, with a, a legalized regime for medical cannabis. Okay, so we have to go back to the Santos administration, you know? Basically, in, in the Santos administration, there was an interest of acknowledging that cannabis could be beneficial uses, mostly related to medical uses. And was in that administration where uh, the government acknowledged this reality, aiming at different, uh, different purposes. One is acknowledging a, a trend that it was taking place globally in many, in many, many countries. And, and we wanted to be visionary <clears throat> on developing an industry where because of our geographical location, we have some advantages in terms of climate, in terms of uh, reducing violence internally. You know, Colombia has been hit for decades because of illicit drugs. And this was like a first step on the direction of, of maybe finding opportunities rather than restrictions and, and continue with the criminalistic approach that we have been doing. But that time, uh, we enacted the legal framework of nation industry just for medical purposes we discussed before. 
this was a very important step for for this new industry that created a lot of attention from the private sector and and not only from big companies but also from small communities of growers that found here a big opportunity for developing an economic activity within this just let me give you a few figures just to we, since then approximately we have more than 600 licenses that have been approved so this shows the interest that was produced within investors as well more than 400 million dollars have been invested in different scale here in colombia you find from a vertical integrated companies that has been in all the different parts of the value chain and also some others that have been focusing in in, in different activities here you will you you will see a new change because at the beginning the possibility was you need to do all the activities and this from the economic point of view and from the logistic point of view demand a lot of resources uh, to respond to your question in colombia we have four sorts of licenses uh, one is for the production or manufacturing of products the other one is for the use of the seed and, and the other one is for cultivation of growing plants with psychoactive components and the other one is for growing plants uh, without psychoactive components those are the four licenses that that are required uh, most of them are granted by the same authority there's just one the one of, of manufacturing which is granted by the ministry of health and the other three are granted by the ministry of justice on top of that you have the quotas that you are allowed to produce and this is also kind of burdensome for the industry uh, i don't know I, I i i will stop there and i don't know if monica would like to add something else well Jorge, thank you very much probably that in colombia the system of the quota is necessary to have a license but if you have a license without a quota that's nothing you know you need the quota to have the license the big problem that the industry have has been facing during those uh, four years during the first four years of the legislation is that quotas are granted years after probably you have a license so sometimes you have a license but you don't have a quota and quota takes a lot of time to get to get the, 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 the approval the quota is granted by the ministry of defense yes uh, you have to apply for that but you need a license to apply for a quota so the problem is that that is one of the problems the new decree is trying to solve to have like a more expedite and efficient process of quota because the, uh, if you don't have a quota you, even though you have the license you can't produce so that that's a big problem we have here or we have been facing here in Colombia 
during the last so years. Just just to to illustrate what Monica uh -huh. is saying, with the license you are able or you have the capacity of producing. However, for that you need also the quota that said you need you are able to produce this quantity. If you don't have that, all your manufacturing processes are stopped. You know, and, and, and the coordination between those two permits are a big obstacle today so within would be, others. You would be, and this is just make sure I understand because it, it seems awkward. You would be, you'd have a license to cultivate or to produce, mm -hmm. but you couldn't actually begin until you got the quota. Yeah. That's true. That's what's happening right now. That is quite inconvenient for the industry because most of the time, they can't start operation without a quota. So that's a very big problem. That's one of the reasons I believe the industry is like on hold and everything is going very slowly. Since the pandemic started here in Colombia, like the Ministry of Defense started to, to be like all the entities, like the all Colombian government entities started to work through the platforms, but that was not something that they were used to do. So that makes a big backlog in the issuance of the quotas. And uh, we hope with the reactivation, we are starting today. This is the first day of the, of the economic reactivation in Colombia in this area of the pandemic. We hope that the entities started to be more efficient and to issue in a more efficient and short period of time, the quotas. Yeah, and that really leads to my the sort of next and final question. And and, and I think both uh, Monica and Jorge, you guys have identified bottlenecks, let's call it, or or issues. So what changes do you um, either both of you see see coming with with a new law? If there's going to be a new law tabled and and hopefully passed, what are the key things that you think may be in there or should be in there? I don't know, Monica. If you want to go ahead, or yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, one of the first things that's going to be changed with this new rule is the use. So, because in the reality, there are some industrial uses that are like approved, like the cosmetics health registrations before in BIMA, which is the health authority that is going to be recognized in the new law. Yes, the industrial uses. So, we're going to have medical use and industrial use. That's the first thing. We have another resolution that on April of last year came up and was regulating or is regulating the free trade zones of cannabis and also that cannabis that are um, up to 0.5 of active THC ingredient uh, that is considered like a controlled substance. Probably that is going to be included in that new law too. And uh, there are a lot of aspects between the old experience that is like a result of the experience we have within the last three years since 2017, like the problems we have with the quotas and the licenses and all the persecution of the, of the obtainment of these two permits, probably that decree is going to have uh, some new regulations that will facilitate and will make easier the obtention and the persecution of the quotas and licenses too. There is another third component that is very important in that decree and is the vigilance. Once you get a license and a quota and you are like uh, operating the, the industry of the cannabis here in Colombia, you have to update with some information to the authorities. But in the last decree that is still, still remains in force, 
it was not clear how does the authority do that? How can they keep tracking on that? So right now in the decree, it seems there are like uh, steps and mechanisms and also platforms in which that information uh, has to be uploaded and mechanisms for the authority to keep tracking on the activities too. Okay, I, I, I would like to add something. One of the big changes that this decree is uh, considering is to remove the prohibition of exporting the flour, the dry flour, uh, for commercial purposes. This prohibition represents big limitation for the development of the industry. Remember that at the beginning I was saying that because of the geographical and economic situation of a country like Colombia, uh, developing an agro-industrial industry for cannabis is a big opportunity in terms of employment ge generation of employment, in terms of diversifying exports, in terms of competing with our neighbors. Countries like Ecuador, Peru, Uruguay, or Mexico are considering in their legislation the possibility of exporting flour with medical, with, with commercial purposes. And if Colombia remains with the prohibition, of course, the, this will represent a big hit against the development of the industry in Colombia. Another points important to address. I don't know if through regulation uh, and I think are more of public policy are the necessity, I mean, for instance, the industry has been facing high restrictions like the possibility of having access to financial services. You know, uh, the financial yeah. sector is not willing to, to facilitate that development of the industry. Many of the companies just for open a bank account is a, is a big mess, you know? And likewise, this has several things to do because of how the, how the industry is perceiving other countries like the United States, for instance, where the treatment is not homogeneous. Another big, point to address is the political willingness to find in this industry a source of important opportunity for the country. We have the legal framework, which somehow, I mean, needs to be improved in some aspects, but it acknowledged the legality of the industry. However, the willingness of, of, of the authorities has not been what we were expecting. And this is also a, a huge blocker for the industry. So if we change that state of mind, and if we facilitate from the pragmatic point of view, different and simple aspects like uh, having access to financial services, uh, finding opportunities instead of increasing controls, the development of the industry could be could be prominent. And just to wrap up, uh, when, when do we expect to know what what finally will pass in that law? Like when when will 
uh, we know what what is made it in and what's not and, and when it will be uh, enforced? Well, it is supposed that the ministry will issue that new rule within the next few weeks. We hope at the end of June we will have a new rule. It was expected to have it at the uh, last June of last year, but because of the um, pandemic, yeah, everything was put on hold. But we expect um, it will happen next ne the next weeks. Okay, no, that's that's great. Thank you very much, Monica. Thank you very much, Jorge. I uh, want to follow up with you both in a, in a few months and see see how uh, what new changes made it and uh, how that's impacting the industry. Thank you very much, Mario. Thank, Thank you, you very much, much Mario. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Jorge and Monica. For more information about Pose Herrera Ruiz, please go to phrlegal.com. Pose Herrera Ruiz has offices in Bogotá, Barranquilla, and Medellín. I'm Mario Torres from Brazo Seller Law in Ottawa, Canada. Thanks for listening. On behalf of Meritas, thank you for listening. Find this week's show notes and a variety of other free resources on the News and Insights section of the Meritas website, www.meritas.org. Be sure to join us next week to learn more about cannabis regulations around the globe. Thank you again for listening and have a wonderful day.